It is impossible to repent to somebody that you have lost some sort of connection with. And so if you remember the title of the sermon a couple of weeks ago, I said before we have repentance, we need to have a re-encounter. If we lost the connection with our Heavenly Father, we need to go back again to our first love. Because you cannot repent to somebody that you've lost connection of that you don't know. So that day we re-encounter God all over again. We repented. And we understood that by doing those two things, we were able to reclaim everything that we had lost thus far. Podemos reclamar todo lo que habíamos perdido. So that was Rosh Hashanah. Y eso fue Rosh Hashanah. So the next week, y la próxima semana, my wife spoke on Yom Kippur. Mi esposa habló sobre Yom Kippur. And that is the day of atonement. Y ese es el día de expiación. And that day, what it represented was a day of to give back. Y ese día representa devolver. And a day of rest. Y descansar. And so we gave the Lord's Supper the weekend before. Y dimos la Santa Cena el día, en la antes. And we asked if you were able to take the day off. Y pedimos si pudiste tomar el día libre. To spend it with your family. Para poderlo pasar con tu familia. To give by grace for what by grace you had received. Para devolver lo que por gracia te han dado. And truly take a day of rest. Y tomar este día como not do anything at all. No hacer nada. Not work, not cook, not do anything if you were able to do so. No trabajar, no cocinar, no hacer nada si es que podía. And so that morning, my, my wife and my family and I, we, we took some time, we prayed together as a family, and we went out. Y esa mañana, como familia, nosotros oramos y salimos. And as you guys know, we go out from time to time with Pastor Frank to, to feed the homeless. Y como saben, de vez en cuando salimos con el Pastor Frank a darle comida a los desamparados. And so my wife and I said, you know what, why don't we do it as a family? We take our kids with us. Y mi esposa me dijo, ¿por qué no hacemos hoy como familia eso? And I said, that's a great idea, let's, let's go ahead and do so. Y yo dije, muy buena idea, vamos so a hacerlo. So we went to downtown, not to the beach where we normally go. Fuimos al downtown. If you guys remember when we first started with Frank, we used to go to downtown. And we, we went by McDonald's. Fuimos a McDonald's. And I bought some burgers and some fries. Compré algunos hamburguesas y papitas. But before I bought that, on my way into McDonald's, Pero antes de comprarlo, cuando entraba a McDonald's, there was a homeless man at the door. Había un hombre desamparado en la puerta. And he said, man, can you, can you give me five bucks? Y él me dijo, ¿me puedes dar cinco dólares? I said, I can't give you five bucks, but I can't buy you food. Y yo no puedo darte los cinco dólares, pero sí te puedo comprar comida. I said, would you like something to eat? ¿Quieres algo de comer? He said, yeah, man, I'm pretty hungry. Can you buy me something to eat? Me dijo, sí, ¿me pudieras comprar algo? Sure, I'm going to go in and buy something. Y le dije, sí, voy a entrar a comprar algo. And before algo. I go in to, to purchase the burgers and the fries, y antes de entrar a comprar el hamburgues y las papitas, he holds me by my arm. Él me aguanta del brazo. So I look back. Y yo miro hacia atrás. He says, I don't know what you're going to buy, but can you, be, can you please find me some chicken nuggets? Él me dijo, no sé lo que va a comprar, pero por favor me compra unos pollitos. And some fries. Y unas papitas. Specific. <laughs> no problem. I get chicken nuggets and fries. And so I went in and I purchased the chicken nuggets and fries along with the burgers. And on the way out, I gave him his nuggets, I gave him his fries, and I gave him a soda to drink as well. And 
and said, "May God bless you. I hope you know that God loves you very much." Y le dije que Dios lo bendiga. Sabes que Dios te ama. He said, "Thank you very much. I appreciate what you did." Dijo muchas gracias y te lo agradezco. And so I went to my car. Fui al carro. Got in the car and we went to this place right under <coughs> uh, the overpass on 95. Y fuimos al downtown abajo del and as we were pulling up um, on both sides of the street, there was countless amount of people out of the street. And but my car has dark tints, so as I was pulling up, they didn't know if it was a regular civilian or cops. So I got out the vehicle. Y salí del vehículo, and my wife opened her door. Mi esposa abrió su puerta, and we had actually stuck a burger and a fry in each individual bag. Because we wanted to give them formally a good meal, you know, not just throw it at them. And the second we opened the door that we started taking our bags, momento, bolsas, we got rushed. Entraron todos. When I talk about a stampede of people, y digo, muchas personas, I was so heartbroken to see how many people came out of nowhere for a burger and a fries. Yeah, we take for granted every meal that we get placed on our tables every single night. Even to the point where we have the luxury of saying, you know, I don't really like this, and we end up throwing half of our meals away. And these people are fighting for a burger. And so we gave as many burgers as we could, as many fries as we could. It was just too many people. We didn't have enough. But I left out of that place full of joy. There was tears, but there was tears of joy. That we were able to go bless somebody in the morning. Que pudimos bendecir a alguien en la mañana. Out of the abundance that God has blessed us with. De la abundancia que Dios nos ha bendecido a nosotros. And then we went back home and we rested. Y después llegamos a la casa y descansamos. So we did exactly what Yom Kippur asked us to do. Gave by grace and then rest. Hicimos exactamente lo que dice Yom Kippur. Dimos por gracia lo que por gracia recibimos y después descansamos. But today we come to the feast of feast. Pero hoy llegamos a la fiesta de fiesta. This is the feast that seals all these past weeks. Esta es la fiesta que sella todas las fiestas del pasado. Because the feast of tabernacles. Porque la fiesta de tabernáculos. Or the feast of booth as it's called. O fiesta de cabiñas. Or in Hebrew is called the feast of uh, Sukkot. En hebreo se llama la fiesta de Sukkot. And to, to tell you the difference, this is actually a Sukkot. La diferencia es que esto es un suco. A suco es singular. Es singular. But suco es plural. Pero suco es plural. The reason why it says suco. La razón por la que dice suco. Is because God instructed all Israelites yeah. to build many tabernacles. Es porque Dios le dio, le dio instrucción yeah. que hicieran muchos tabernacles. So when you put an S behind tabernacle, it makes it plural. So then it's called a suco. Y al ponerle una S detrás, se llama suco. So today is a day of celebration. No hay un día de celebración. And I don't know what you've walked into this place with. No sé lo que han entrado. But I want you to know that through your pain. Pero que quiero que sepan que a través de tu dolor. Pueden celebrar. Come on church, through your pain. A través de tu dolor. You can celebrate. Puedes celebrar. 
Because when you learn to celebrate, a celebrar, like Brother Albert said this morning, your celebration tu and your worship it's your breakthrough in your life. <laughs> when you change your focus of your problem and focus back on God, and you're able to celebrate through your difficulties it speaks about the posture of your heart it speaks about the posture of your heart that you're grateful even though you may be in a black hole that you're grateful even though you may not have anything and by being grateful you're actually partaking in the Feast of Tabernacles. Now this feast, I'm going to break it into two. I'm going to teach first and then I'm going to give you the revelation. It's a little bit different. I want you guys to understand what the Feast of Tabernacles is all about. Now, what is this feast and what does it represent and where does the booth of the Sukkot come from? Like I said, God spoke to Moses and gave him specific instructions and elements of how to build these Sukkot. And these Sukkot were put out in public because what they did was they represented or they reminded the Israelites of where God took them out of slavery from Egypt. And so while they were in the midst of their wilderness in their travels they had to take natural elements from around them to build these Sukkots. They didn't have bricks, they didn't have cement, they didn't have none of that stuff, so they needed to use the natural elements that were in the atmosphere. So they built these Sukkots out of wood and out of palms. But at the top, Pero en la parte de arriba, there was always a way to be able to see through up. Because while they were in the midst of their Sukkot, they were still able to have a relationship with their Heavenly Father. Aún tener una con su padre even though they weren't in slavery anymore, que ya no en but they still were not in the promised land, Pero en la God still gave them a shelter to be under Dios aún le dio un techo para from the brutal heat of the day. But you know what's more amazing about this? That if you read the Bible, the book of Deuteronomy, it says that during the day when they were building Sukkot, it says that on top of these Sukkot there was a cloud. That cloud was the presence of God resting upon these Sukkot. And so while they had the sea through on top of the roofs, they were able to have that connection with God. They were able to see God. And what this cloud did was it put a shame in the path that they were supposed to go by. 
So not only did they were covered by these sukkot and they had protection, but God gave them a cloud to give them direction. God gives you protection, and God gives you direction. But you have to stay under your sukkot and have a daily communication with him in order to see his guidance. But what's even more amazing that this didn't stop in the daylight. At night, when they were in the midst of their Sukkot as well, <laughs> the Bible says that God showed as a pillar of fire la Biblia dice que Dios entró como un pilar de fuego. Couldn't put a cloud in the middle of the night, right? No pudo poner una nube. So he showed up as a pillar of fire on top of the Sukkot again. Pero llegó como un pilar de fuego encima de. So when the Israelites would look up, para cuando ellos miraran hacia arriba, they would see God's protection. Veían la protección de Dios. And the light in their way, y la luz en el camino, would be God's direction. Era la dirección de Dios. The Bible says He's the lamp unto our feet. La Biblia dice que eres la lámpara a nuestro camino. Yeah. And that's exactly what God was showing to the Israelites. Yet still in the midst of all the protection and direction that God was giving them, they were still disobedient. They were still complaining because they wanted more. And sometimes we got to understand church that we cannot take things for granted. Y a veces no podemos tomar las cosas a la ligera. I touched on the base of the plate of food that we took to these people. Como hablé de la comida que llevamos a los desamparados. And the plate of food that we put our, before ourselves, before our kids every single day. Y la comida que les preparamos a nuestros hijos todos los días. When we wake up in the morning, we have a bathroom to go to, to brush our teeth and wash our face. We have fresh water. Nos levantamos, tenemos donde lavarnos los dientes y la cara, tenemos agua fresca. Estas personas no tienen eso. Pero todo eso lo tomamos a la ligera. Y después les hablo de lo que Dios dice de eso. Now I want to give you first some principal applications on, on these Sukkot and, and the ceremony of today. Quiero darle unos, eh, unos aplicaciones principales sobre la fiesta de Sukkot de hoy. Go with me to the book of Leviticus. En el libro de Levítico. Chapter 23. Capítulo 23. Old Testament. Viejo Testamento. Leviticus 23, verse 34. Leviticus 23, versículo 34. Can we stand up, please, to read? It says, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of the seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles, for seven days to the Lord. On this day there shall be a holy convocation. And I'm going to stop there for a second. Please sit down. Verse 35 speaks of a holy convocation. What is this? This means a gathering of his people. Esto significa el reunir de sus personas, de sus gente. Exactly what we're doing here this morning, a gathering of people. Lo mismo que estamos haciendo hoy día, una reunión. 
God loves when his people gather together. Dios ama cuando su pueblo se reúne. Because there's power and unity. Hay poder en la unidad. But the amazing thing is that God sees this so sacred. Pero lo más maravilloso es que Dios lo ve tan sagrado. That he calls his people to gather on three specific occasions in the Bible. Que él llama a su pueblo a reunirse en tres ocasiones específicas en la Biblia. And these feasts also have a name. Y estas fiestas también tienen nombre. And if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. Y si están tomando nota, por favor, escriban. These are the three pilgrim feasts. Es la fiesta de los tres peregrinos. The first one is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. La primera es la fiesta del pan sin levadura. Which is associated with Passover. Que es la Pascua. The second one is the Feast of Weeks. La próxima es la fiesta de semanas. Which is associated with Pentecost. Que está asociada con el Pentecostés. And the third is the Feast of Tabernacles. Y la tercera es la fiesta de Tabernáculos. Which is the Feast of Booth or, or the Sukkot in Hebrew. Que es la fiesta de cabañas o de Sukkot en hebreo. So in three times in the Bible, God says, I need my people to gather together and come worship me. Tres veces en la Biblia, Dios habla de reunir a su pueblo y para adorarlo. You see, we say time and time again that worship moves the hand of God. Nosotros decimos una y otra vez que el adorar mueve la mano de Dios. Why do we say that? ¿Y por qué decimos eso? Because we understand how important it is for us to come up to God to worship him. To gather together to worship his holy name. Porque nosotros entendemos cuán importante es venir a adorarlo. We understand that if we come before him wholeheartedly and worship and repent, God will bless us. Sabemos que cuando llegamos a él de todo corazón y arrepentido, Dios nos dará bendición. The problem is we love to say I'm sorry or we love to ask for forgiveness, but is it truly meaningful? El problema es que nosotros fácilmente pedimos perdón, pero en realidad es sincero. Is it an authentic or sincere <coughs> forgiveness that you're asking? Es sincero lo que estás haciendo. God sees this so sacred. Why have we overlooked this? Dios lo ve como algo tan sagrado. ¿Por qué es que nosotros no? Why is it that God sees these three feasts so important to gather and to worship Him, yet we take it so lightly? ¿Por qué es que Dios ve estas fiestas tan sagradas para reunirnos y nosotros lo tomamos a la ligera? So three feasts, three times, God says, come before me and I need you to worship me. Tres veces, tres fiestas, Dios dice, ven a mí, necesito que me adores. You know why? Because when you can come before the Lord, no matter what you're experiencing, and you're able to worship Him, it shows your heart. It's a sign of surrender. It's a sign that you're able to give up everything else all for Him. Didn't God give everything up for you and for me? He gave His only Son for you and for me. El Dios único hijo, so why are we not willing to give up everything for him? So these three feasts, Estas tres fiestas, the Feast of, 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 um, of, uh, of Tabernacles, la fiesta de Tabernacles, the Feast of Pentecost, la fiesta de Pentecostés, and the Feast of Passover, y la fiesta de Pascua, three special feasts, tres fiestas especiales, for us to gather, to worship God, para adorar a Dios. And you can reference this in Deuteronomy 16.16. Where it speaks about these feasts. Donde habla de estas tres fiestas, and coming before the Lord. Y venir al Señor, not just coming before the Lord. No solamente llegar al Señor, but not coming before the Lord empty-handed. Right. 
Pero no llegar al Señor con manos vacías. Es asociado con una especial ofrenda también. Esta fiesta está asociada con una ofrenda especial también. Oh, here goes the pastor already talking about special offering. Aquí va el pastor hablando de una ofrenda. Here goes again, special offering. Aquí viene una ofrenda. If you study the Feast of Tabernacles, Pero si estudias la fiesta de Tabernáculos y entras a la escritura, you will see that it's not the pastor telling you about, about a special offering. No es el pastor que te dice de una ofrenda especial. It's the word of God telling you about a special offering. Es la palabra de Dios que te dice. See, I don't know about you, but there's no better feeling than to give to someone. Yo no sé tú, pero no hay mejor sentir que darle algo de la abundancia que Él nos ha dado. We have so much. Nosotros tenemos tanto. Que cómo no tomamos un segundo para darle a los que no tienen. So, Deuteronomio habla sobre esto. About the feast. Habla de la fiesta. And it speaks about the special offering during the Feast of Tabernacles. Y habla de la ofrenda especial durante este tiempo. Now we continue to read on Leviticus 23, uh, verse 36. En Levítico, seguimos leyendo el versículo 36. Go further down. Leviticus 23, 36. 23, 36. It says, For seven days you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. Skip down to verse 39, please. Also on the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, you shall keep the feast of the Lord for seven days. On the first day there shall be a Sabbath rest, and on the eighth day a Sabbath <coughs> rest. So the Bible speaks clearly about an offering and a day of rest. La palabra habla claramente sobre una ofrenda y un día de This is the first element of the Feast of Tabernacles. Este es el primer elemento de la fiesta de Tabernáculos. A time of worship. Un tiempo de adoración. A time to give back. Un tiempo de dar de vuelta. A time to be grateful. Un tiempo de agradecimiento. A time to be thankful. Un tiempo de agradecer. For the overflow that God has placed over our lives. Por la, la abundancia que Dios ha puesto en tu vida. In, in other words, it's to have a heart of gratitude for everything God has given us thus far. En otras palabras, tener un corazón de agradecimiento Plain por todo simple. lo que Él nos ha dado hasta ahora. Plain and simple. Bien simple. Having a heart of gratitude. Tener un corazón de agradecimiento. The Bible says to enter His gates with praise and thanksgiving. That's right. Mm -hmm. La Biblia dice que entres con un corazón agradecido. Yet many times we enter His house Pero with, with, with lemon faces that were bitter at life. Pero muchas veces entramos en su casa con caras amargas. For some reason, we're upset at the world. Por alguna razón estamos bravos con el mundo. Yet not realizing that it was the grace of God that allowed you to wake up this morning. Y no nos damos cuenta que es la gracia de Dios que nos permitió amanecer. It was the mercy of God that got you safely to His house. Fue la misericordia de Dios que te trajo a su casa. Because I don't know how many times you've guys been driven to a church or somebody has either been stopped and given a ticket. No sé cuántas veces quizás lo han parado y le han dado un ticket. Or you may have seen some sort of accident. O han visto algún tipo de accidente. They got you. God got you to church safe and sound. Pero Dios te trajo a salvo a su casa. It was His grace and mercy that was over you. Fue su gracia y misericordia Again, sobre ti. His protection and His direction. Su protección y su dirección. That got you from your house to church. Que te trajo de tu casa hacia la iglesia. So simply a heart of gratitude. Simplemente un corazón agradecido. That is the first element. Ese es el primer elemento. De la fiesta de tabernáculos. Now I'm going to give you an instruction. Y ahora les doy una instrucción. Okay, God tells Moses to tell the Israelites 
de lo que Dios le dice a Moisés que le diga a los israelitas sobre los sucos. Go with me to the book of Leviticus, verse 40. En el libro de Levítico, en versículo 40. And it says, you shall take for yourselves on the first day the fruit of beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, the boughs of leafy trees, and the widows of the brook. And you shall rejoice before the Lord, your God, for seven days. Now what this meant was that they were to take the best of the fruit that God had given them in their harvest. Lo que dice esto es que es de tomar la mejor cosecha que Dios le dio. And build these things called lulaps. Y formar esto que se llama lula. And what these lulaps were, were uh, it was a fruit of a lemon-like, similar to what we have here. El lula es una fruta parecida al limón. It was a fruit that they had there, which they enjoyed very much. Es una fruta que ellos tenían ahí, que las disfrutaban. And so this harvest, they were to take the best out of these fruits. Y ellos estaban supuestos a tomar lo mejor de esta cosecha. And so they took these fruits. With a couple of palm branches, similar to what you see here in the front. They were to hold it up. And they were to thank God for every harvest that God had given them that year. Not only did they give them thanks for that year. Then they were to turn in a full circle. And giving thanks to God in a full circle. Representing the upcoming year. So they were thankful, uh, thankful ahead of time for the year that was to come. Because of the harvest that they had. And the harvest that was to come. So God tells Moses, tell the Israelites to build these things, these lulavs, and praise and thanksgiving. And thank me for all that I'm about to do in this upcoming year. <laughs> and so they did that. And sometimes we may look up here and see these lulavs. And say, well, you know, that ain't much to me. And that's the problem. Church has lost simplicity. The church has been spoiled. See, we lose air. And half of the church doesn't show up. It's too hot. I don't have a seat or somebody took my seat. I'll come back next week. Well, we don't find parking. Forget about it. That's a perfect excuse. I'm not going to walk a, a block to go to church. Are you crazy? Did you know they used to follow Jesus for miles on the plain dirt? Under the sun, sitting on the on the floor, on the on the, on the grass, on the dirt, to listen to what he preached. Yeah. Oh, guess what? He used to preach for hours. Now the pastor speaks for thirty minutes, and that's way too long. I'm reaching in my seat. It's time to go already. My brunch is about to end. The church has lost the simplicity. 
And we need to go back to that simplicity. On, that's right. And that's what these lulas represent to these people. The simplicity of the life that they carried the abundance of what God was going to give them. It was a simple way of them showing God I'm thankful for what you're doing. Because I know that what's coming to my life is much greater than what I can build for you. Come on church. I know what's coming to my life is much greater than my 15-20 minutes of worship that I give you on Sunday morning. I know what's coming to my life is much greater than my five minute prayer that I give you every single morning. But yet we lose the simplicity. Take it for granted. And all we can do is just ask for more, for more, and for more. The Israelites understood this. There was one thing they understood, it was this. They might have been in disobedience most of their lives, but if there's one thing that they understood was obedience. It was thankfulness and gratefulness for what God had done. Every good thing comes from above. James 1.17 says that. Please write this down. When we cultivate an attitude of gratitude, cuando cultivamos una actitud de gratitud, estamos caminando wow. en alineación con el Espíritu Santo. Gratitude, Cuando cultivamos una actitud de gratitud, estás caminando en alineación con el Espíritu Santo. Cuando puedes ser grato por no matter what. Every, any, any single day of your life. It doesn't matter whether you have little or you have much. But you can cultivate that type of attitude in your heart. You're in alignment with what the Holy Spirit inside of you is saying. Because see, the Holy Spirit inside of you doesn't say whether you do little for me or you do much, I change. The Spirit of God remains the same. Has never changed. Will never change. He is there to guide you. He is there to comfort you. Whether you do little or you do much. So when we learn to be grateful and have that type of attitude, we begin to walk in alignment with the Holy Spirit. We begin to see, and people begin to see the Holy Spirit inside of us. Las personas pueden ver el Espíritu Santo dentro de nosotros. You see, this piece is about celebration, church. It's to have an attitude of gratefulness. But listen, like I said earlier, if you don't have this type of attitude, if all you come into church is murmuring, complaining, that you don't have this and you don't have that, that you've been praying to God for months and God has not given you the answer to your prayer, 
Let me bring something to light. Let me bring something to your attention. If you have any bitterness in your heart towards somebody, do you know that you have bitterness unto God? What does the Bible say? If you did it for one of them, you do it for me. So if you have bitterness towards somebody, whether that person has hurt you or not, and you have not forgiven that person, you're having bitterness towards God. Now watch what happens. Go to the book of Deuteronomy. Chapter 28. Verse 47 and 48. Deuteronomy 28. Verse 47 and 48. Deuteronomy 28. 47 and 48. This is what happens when you don't have the heart of gratitude. This, this is a little rough when I read it yesterday. It really blew my mind. It's like, it says, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart. For the abundance of everything, therefore you shall serve your enemies. Whom the Lord will send against you in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, in need of everything. And he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he destroys you. But wait a second. I thought God was a God of love. <laughs> I, I don't like that page. I'm going to tear that off the Bible. Let's move on to love. What, what happened to the love that you have for me? You see, God, when he spoke this to the Israelites, he couldn't speak of it because he hated them. He spoke this to them because of their disobedience. Because they were ungrateful. That in the midst of the wilderness, God gave them protection. God gave them direction. But he also gave them manna. So he gave them protection, direction, and food. Yet they were still ungrateful for what God was pouring out every single day. And so if you have this type of heart, if you have an ungrateful heart, God says, no problem. I'm going to correct you, but I'm going to correct you in a way that you might not like. But see, God corrects those that he loves. The same way a father and a mother will correct their child, God corrects us out of love. Our disobedience. You know that your disobedience brings lack into your life? Because sometimes we want to go our own ways. And we think that our way is better than God's way. And I love what my wife said last week about the whole uh, Burger King having your way. <laughs> and it's not about having it our way. Yahweh goes best. Yahweh way will always lead you to where he needs to take you. But if you go your way, you will always experience lack. 
You can experience dead ends. You can experience walls. You can hit stumble blocks along the way that are going to push you or, or persuade you to go off the track that God has laid out for you. So that is what God speaks about a heart that is ungrateful. Eso es lo que Dios habla sobre un corazón desagradecido. And since we just started this study about, about a month and a half, I know there's some people here that maybe are, maybe are, are we all seven point Jewish? Y quizás hay algunos que dicen, de pronto hemos sido judíos. Have we all of a sudden changed religions? Hemos cambiado de religión. If you were here last week, Pero si aquí la pasada, my wife showed you in scripture yeah. that these, these feasts were not Jewish feasts. Right. Were actually God's feasts. Right. Right. If you go out of your way, if you go out of your way, and you go out of your way to celebrate Christmas and Thanksgiving, feasts that are pagan feasts, Yes, they are pagan feasts. By the way, I don't know if you know, Jesus was not born in Christmas. Yes. As a matter of fact, Jesus was born on the Feast of Tabernacles. Why? Because this is a time of thanksgiving for the Israelites. It should be a time of thanksgiving for you and for me. And instead of us going to scripture, we go to the world. And so we associate ourselves with this pagan feast instead of associating with God's feast. Watch, I'll show you. Leviticus 23:44. That's with me. Amen. 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 It's not me, it's a scripture. It says, So Moses declared to the children of Israel the feast of the Lord. Does it say the feast of the Jews? Mm. Feast of the Lord. Oh, but Pastor, that's Old Testament. Did you know these feasts were very important to Jesus? And Jesus celebrated these feasts? And I'm going to prove it to you. The funny thing is I'm going to prove it to you in the New Testament. Go with me to the book of John chapter 7. For, for those of you that think this is Old Testament. John chapter 7. We're going to read verse 2, 10, and 14. And I'm going to tie all three in. When you're there, see, amen. 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 It says, now the Jews, feast of tabernacles was at hand. But when his brothers had gone up, then he also went up to the feast, not openly, but as if it were in secret. Now about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. 
ceremony that was taking place. Había una ceremonia que estaba tomando lugar. Please follow me because here's the revelation. Por favor, sígame, que aquí es donde está la revelación. There was a ceremony that was taking place in the Feast of Tabernacles. Había una ceremonia que tomaba lugar en la fiesta de Tabernáculos. And as the high priest was up doing the ceremony. Y cuando el gran sacerdote estaba encima haciendo su, su ceremonia. It says that Jesus approached the multitude. Dice que Jesús se acercó a la multitud. And began to teach. Y comenzó a enseñar. But what was he teaching? Pero ¿qué enseñaba? He was teaching about the feast. Estaba enseñando acerca de la fiesta. While the high priest was doing something else. Cuando el gran sacerdote hacía otra cosa. He was telling together. He was telling the, the multitude, this is very important to me. Él le decía a la multitud, esto es muy importante these para feasts, mí. I need you to celebrate them. I need you to partake in these feasts. Necesito que participes en estas fiestas. I know that the high priest is doing a ceremony up there, but I need you to listen to me. Yo sé que el gran sacerdote está haciendo una ceremonia ahí arriba. These feasts are sacred for me. Pero escúchame a mí, estas fiestas son sagradas para mí. And so I need you to follow what I'm telling you. Y necesito que sigas lo que te estoy diciendo. In fact, Jesus did this on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. Y Jesús hizo esto en el último día de la fiesta de Tabernacles. While the high priest was doing the ceremony. Cuando el gran sacerdote hacía la ceremonia. En un momento hablo sobre eso. See, Jesus was doing something. Jesús estaba haciendo algo. Jesus was in the midst of teaching. Estaba en el medio de la enseñanza. And giving an example of what was to come. Y dando un ejemplo de lo que era por venir. He was giving an example of what was about to take place. Él estaba dando un ejemplo de lo que iba a tomar lugar. And what he came to offer. Y a lo que él vino a ofrecer. And he did it while they gathered. Y lo hizo mientras se reunían. That's why it blows my mind when people say, I have a relationship with God. I don't need to congregate. Por eso cuando las personas dicen, yo tengo una relación con Dios, no necesito congregarme. Yeah, you have a relationship with God. Sí, tienes una Or relación so you con say. Dios. Oh, But the Bible clearly says that you must gather. Pero la Biblia también dice que debes de congregarte. Because this was very important to Jesus. Porque esto era muy importante para Jesús. And it was in the midst of the gathering. Y era en el medio de la reunión. That he taught. Que él habló. And it was in the midst of our gathering. Y en el medio de la reunión. That we're learning from Holy Scripture. Que estamos aprendiendo Of what Jesus was about to bring forth, or what he was about to pour out. And these feasts of tabernacles was a gathering. Look what John 7, 37 and 39 says. Please go there. 37 and 39. You guys with me? Amen. Please follow me because this is the revelation. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood, stood up and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, from whom those believing in him will receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Do you remember the woman at the well? Yes. When she came to the well to draw water from the well, Jesus said, if you drink that water, you will thirst again. But if you drink of the water I give, you will never thirst again. Jesus was speaking prophetically of the spirit that he was about to pour out. Uh -huh. 
that was going to live inside of her and rivers of living water were going to flow out of her. Now, like I said earlier, the high priest was doing a ceremony. And he was doing something which had two representations. The priest, he drew water from the pool of Silo. And he poured it over the altar. Y lo derramó sobre la tal. When he poured over the altar, y cuando lo derramó sobre la tal, representaba dos cosas. Representaba las lluvias de los granjeros para la cosecha que iban a poder cosechar. But it also spoke about the that the Bible about. Pero también hablaba de las últimas lluvias de la cual habla la Biblia. These latter rains Estas últimas lluvias are associated with Yeshua. Están asociadas con Yeshua. Because Porque Jesus said, Jesús dijo, if you drink from me, si tomas de mí, you will never thirst again. No volverás a tener out, of me, out of you, de ti, rivers of living water are going to flow. In other words, the water that was being poured over the altar represented the coming of Jesus and the Spirit of the Lord that was going to be poured out over all his people. That's where Jesus in the midst of the ceremony on the last day of Pentecost cries out and says listen if you believe in me if you drink of my water rivers of living water are going to flow out of you in other words what I'm speaking is as I ascend the spirit descends my spirit lives inside of you those rivers of living water Oh my church, I'm going to flow out of you. And it doesn't matter what you may be going through. These rivers of living water are going to overflow. These rivers of living water are eternal. These rivers of living water are perpetual. They never dry up. Understand and be in one spirit. 
that even though he <coughs> might leave, his spirit will come down. That's why he cried out on the day of tabernacle, the last day, the day of ceremony. Why? So people wouldn't be so much focused on the water that was being poured on the altar. We're seeing the river of the living water that was in the midst of them. Now the Bible reveals dual significance of the Feast of Tabernacles. And I'm almost done. The first is agriculture. Agriculturally. El primero es agriculturalmente. The Sukkot in, 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 in Israel is Thanksgiving. El Sukkot en Israel es de acción de gracia. That's why it speaks about harvest times. Por eso es que habla del tiempo de cosecha. Now, Rosh Hashanah was reflection and repentance. Rosh Hashanah era arrepentimiento y reflexión. Yom Kippur was to give back and rest. Y Yom Kippur era para devolver y descansar. Now is the time to read. Ahora es el tiempo de cosechar. It's a time of harvest. Come on. Tiempo de cosecha. It's a time that if you've done everything you you uh, if you partake in all these feasts. Y si tú has sido parte de todas las fiestas. And you've done everything you're supposed to do. Y has hecho todo lo que está supuesto. It's time for you to reap your harvest. Yes. Es tiempo de tu cosecha. This is the feast of tabernacles. Esta es la fiesta de tabernáculos. But spiritually. Pero espiritualmente. It's about the Holy Spirit. Se trata del Espíritu Santo. And the heart that we need to have towards God. Y el corazón que debemos de tener hacia Dios. I said it earlier. Lo dije más temprano. Your gratefulness. Tu gratitud. Shows the posture of your heart. Demuestra la postura de tu corazón. Your thankfulness shows the posture of your heart. Tu agradecimiento muestra la postura de tu corazón. If your heart is full of bitterness and anger and resentment towards people. Tu corazón está lleno de amargura y resentimiento hacia otros. You have not understood who God is. No has entendido quién es Dios. Listen, God loved you even when He turned your back on Him. Dios te amó aún cuando le diste la espalda. God still loves you even if you turn your back on Him. Y todavía te ama aunque le des la espalda. Yeah, we have bitterness towards people maybe because of idols. Pero tenemos eh, resentimiento sobre otros. We turn our backs on people maybe because they hurt us at one point or another. And we have this ego that we can't forgive them. And we can go on in life saying, oh yeah, I forgave that person, but in reality we didn't. God forgive you wholeheartedly. Because he cares for you. Porque él te ama. Because he loves you. Porque él te ama. So who are we not to do the same? Y por lo tanto, ¿quién somos nosotros para no hacer lo mismo? I'm going to finish with this. Y voy a terminar con esto. We started with Rosh Hashanah. Empezamos con Rosh Hashanah. A time of reflection and repentance. Un tiempo de arrepentimiento y reflexión. And I pray that you reflect on your life. Y oro que hayas reflejado, reflexionado en tu vida. And I pray that you truly repent y que, hayas sido que te hayas arrepentido de todo corazón. Que lo hayas hecho auténticamente. Que tomases el tiempo para reflexionar de todo lo que has hecho este año. Y 
y te hayas arrepentido si actuaste de cierta manera o hayas dicho ciertas cosas hacia alguien quizás uh, sobre ti mismo y después seguimos a Yom un tiempo de devolver y descansar un tiempo el cual podemos devolver y gritar por todo lo que Dios nos ha dado a nosotros y ahora llegamos a la fiesta de tabernáculos y ahora es un tiempo de cosechar Everything that we sowed throughout this whole year, come on, 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 You can close your eyes right there where you're at.